the official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise. Finally, welcome into a new edition of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints baseball podcast. Uh, we had some technical difficulties last week. Had a great chat with Paints pitching coach Jackson White in the hotel in Danville. About 22 minutes long, went to edit the podcast, and the first 15 minutes or so was completely nothing. So we decided to take the week off, and we are back this week, and we'll hear from Jackson White. A little bit later in the episode so uh, it, it's a good chat i hope you enjoy that a little bit later but before we get to that let's uh, have a quick look back at the last two weeks as the paints have played 12 games from june 15th the last time we had a, an episode of this podcast right before a game and until june 27th so the paints have played 12 games since and i tell you what they have been very very busy especially on the offensive end of things the Paints had only hit two home runs through their first 20 games. They've now hit 14 home runs in their last seven games. Last week alone, in six games, the Paints hit 355 as a team. They hit 14 doubles. They hit three triples and nine home runs, scoring 82 times in those six games. And that's an average of nearly 14 runs per game. Entering the game on June 15th, the Paints were last in just about every single offensive category, including their 219 batting average, which at the time had started to creep up a little bit. And now 12 games later, the Paints are hitting 267 as a team, tied for seventh out of 16 teams. They're now fifth in runs scored, seventh in hits, third in doubles, fifth in RBIs, fifth in walks taken. They've been hit by more pitches than anyone else in the league. They have the seventh fewest strikeouts in the league, and the Paints are fourth in on-base percentage. All categories that the Paints were last in or near the bottom in before the past two weeks. It's been an incredible turnaround for the Paints, and getting into kind of the game-by-game game over the past two weeks, you'll see that offensively it's been an explosion, but you know what? They haven't given up very many runs either. That ERA now for the Paints is top five in the league, and it's down below five entering here. Uh, the next week of the season. So to recap the last two weeks in the win-loss column, it's been a really good one, as you might have guessed from the previous stats. The Paints with nine wins, three losses, and they enter tonight's game at home against Johnstown on a Prospect League best eight-game win streak. So that's exciting as well. So this all started with a win at West Virginia last Tuesday, a two-to-one win on the 15th. Chillicothe got their first walk-off one of the season, both runs coming in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, that sent the VA Memorial Stadium crowd home happy that night. But then they lost the next night 7-4 to to West Virginia, and then it was a one-run loss and a hard-fought 10-inning game against the first-place champion City Kings. So the Paints took the lead in that game in the bottom of the eighth inning, had Ruben Ramirez on the mound, felt really good about how things were going, but Champion City brought in Bo Seckham to hit a pinch-hit game-tying home run in the ninth inning to tie it, send it into extras, and the Kings won that game in the 10th inning. So a really, really hard-fought loss. And then the Paints go on the road to Danville and have another one against a really good team as they lost 7-6 to in another great ball game, but the Paints just on the short end 
of that one. So a couple of losses to really good teams by one run. The Paints are starting to play pretty well. And then the win streak started the next night in Danville. A 17-6 win over the Dans on the road. Paints had a nine-run sixth inning in that game to get a season high at the time for runs. And also with hits in a game with uh, 14 hits that night. So the Paints uh, setting new season highs and hits and runs with 17 and 14 that night in Danville with a big win. And then the Paints went to Terre Haute on the 20th and absolutely whipped the Rex in a 12-7 game, a breakout game in terms of home runs. Again, we mentioned earlier, only two home runs for the Paints through the first 20 games of the season. And then they go into that game against the Rex. They hit five. Three from Jake Silverstein. Two were leadoff bombs. Then he hit a grand slam later in the ballgame. Trey Maker hit his first home run of the season. Jackson Feltner hit his first home run of the season. The Paints then upped their new season high and hits for a game to 15 in that win against the Rex. So then after the off day last Monday, the Paints hosted the Lafayette Aviators, who came in with the Prospect League's best record. No problem. The Paints beat them 7-6. to six. Isaac Bear hit a home run in that one for Chillicothe. And then in come the struggling Johnstown Millrats last Wednesday. Chillicothe wins that one 9-5. Thursday, the Paints went to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, won that game 6-4. Trey Smith and Colin Summerhill both hit their first home runs of the season. Then Friday night in Johnstown, Chillicothe led 7-0. They blew it. They gave up a a 9-run inning to trail 9-7 early in the season. That was probably going to be it for the Paints but not the way they're playing right now. They immediately scored three runs to regain the lead in the next half inning, and then six the next inning to end up winning by seven runs anyway. They won that one against Johnstown 16-9. Trey Smith homered for a second straight night, and Ben Gabor also homered in the game for the Paints. Saturday, the Paints come back to VA Memorial Stadium to host the Rex, playing them for the second time in a week, and Chillicothe hit three more home runs, a grand slam from Kent Reeser. That was his first homer of the year. Isaac Bear hit a three-run bomb, and then Ben Gabor hit a grand slam and a 30-2 win. By the way, Reeser hit that grand slam early in that game. Then he came back later in that inning and drove in another, so a five-RBI inning for him. And then he drove in another one later in the game for a six-RBI game. And again, 30-2, the Paints beat the Rex that night. By the way, side note, in two games against the Rex last week, the Paints hit eight home runs, including three grand slams, and they scored 42 runs on 34 hits. The 30 runs in the game on Saturday ties the Paints' own Prospect League record that they set in 2012 for most runs in a single game by a team, and the 28-run margin of victory is the largest ever in a Prospect League game. And they did it in six innings because of the run rule that's new in the Prospect League this year. When the Paints scored 30 runs in a game in 2012, they had nine innings to do it, And because Chillicothe was home on Saturday, they scored 30 runs in just six innings, which was uh, even more impressive. So maybe put an asterisk next to that 30 runs for the Paints. I know it just ties a record, but they had less trips to the plate to get it done in that one. So then the Paints go to Champion City on Sunday and scored six runs in the first inning. And then they scored six runs in the second inning to jump out to a 12-0 lead on the Kings. And then Champion City scored five straight runs in the ballgame before the Paints and the Kings just started throwing up zeros like crazy. And then the Paints scored a couple of more runs in the ninth inning to win 14-5. Nathan Carafa hit his first home run of the season, a three-run shot off the scoreboard in left field. So the Paints hitting tons of home runs, scoring tons of runs, really swinging it well right now. The, The pitching has improved drastically. 
still probably walking more guys than they would like to, still probably giving up a few more hits, but they've been able to limit the damage once they've put runners on base. So that's certainly an encouraging sign for the Paints pitching staff as they continue to get better and better, as well as the hitters who are really rolling right now. You heard me mention a lot of home runs. We didn't get them all recorded, but here are most of them as heard on the Paints radio broadcasts on 100.9 WXIZ. You'll still see him put them on because there's no dirt to put on your hands. 1-0, swung out, hit pretty well. Center field and deep. Maya on the run to the wall, and it is gone. Isaac Bear with his first home run of the season. A solo shot here in the bottom of the sixth, and the Paints lead it 6-4. to 2-0 pitch, swung on, high ball, left field, deep. Will it get over the net? It is over the net for a home run. So Trey Smith hits his first home run of the year. This ball swung on, hit high and deep to left center field. Will it get over the net? It does. Second home run for the Paints in two innings off of JT Wolke. Colin Summerhill hits his first long ball of the summer. And Chillicothe's lead is now 6-1. Lofted it up over the net in left. This one swung on, crushed into center field. Alexander back will watch this one sail over the brick wall. And Trey Smith has his second home run in his many games. Make it 4-0 Chillicothe. Huxford fires, Reeser swings, hits a fly ball, deep right field. You can kiss that one goodbye. That's a grand slam for Kent Reeser. It's his first home run of the year. 0-2 hit hard, left field, fairly deep. Brunson will watch it go over his head, and it is gone. It's a three-run home run for Isaac Bear. Make it 25 to one. 0-1, swung on, crushed. Deep left field, Nelson back to the track. It is gone, and the Paints hit a second grand slam tonight. Ben Gabor hits the grand slam for the Paints here in the bottom of the sixth. And the Paints have tied most runs in a game in Prospect League history. They lead it 30 to one. Third home run for the Paints tonight. Their second grand slam. Ben Gabor hits his third home run of the year. My goodness. So Chillicothe enters this week on an eight game win streak. The longest in the Prospect League this season. And they trail the Champion City Kings by one game for first place in the division with two games to go in the first half. So let's talk about that. The Prospect League is playing a split season this year. So the four division winners, according to winning percentage, at the end of the first half, they all make the playoffs at the end of the season, no matter what happens in the second half of the season. Then the records reset, and the winners of the second half make the playoffs to play the first half winners. Because of tiebreakers, the Paints would need to be in front of the Kings in winning percentage by the end of the game's Wednesday night to get in to the playoffs based on winning the first half in the division. So Chillicothe needs to win Tuesday, Wednesday against Johnstown. Champion City needs to lose Tuesday, Wednesday against West Virginia. Because of tiebreakers, the Paints 
have to be ahead. They cannot just be tied with Champion City. If some games end up not getting played because of rain or whatever reason, things get a little complicated, so we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. Bottom line, the Paints, all they can control, they just need to keep winning like they have for the last two weeks. So coming up this week, the Paints are home Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and also on Saturday this coming week. The Paints host Johnstown Tuesday night. The first 500 fans get a free Paints t-shirt, courtesy of our friends over at Shine Orthodontics. Wednesday, the Paints play the Mill Rats again, and it's another winning Wednesday, so we'll give away some $50 gas cards from Valero. Thursday, draft beer just a dollar for Thirsty Thursday as the Paints host Champion City. And then on Saturday, the Paints host Champion City again, and that is July 3rd, so our annual Independence Day postgame fireworks extravaganza sponsored by 94 Country. Hope to see you all at the ballpark this week. And if you do come to a game, feel free to stop by the booth and say hi between innings or before or after a game if you do stop by VA Memorial Stadium this coming week. And I'll be happy to chat with you for a few moments before going back on the air. Without further ado, Jackson White is in his first season coaching the Paints. He's in charge of the pitchers this season for Chillicothe. And I got a chance to chat with him. I hope you enjoy. Jackson, thanks for taking some time to, to chat with us. I know we tried to do this about a week ago in the hotel, and I know we were excited about the interview that we put <laughs> together, but uh, technical difficulties got the best of us. Yeah, I mean, if this one's as good as the last one, then um, we'll be in pretty good shape. You know, the bar is high, although the listeners <laughs> don't know any better. So Right, <laughs> right. What, what's your uh, initial impressions of Chillicothe so far, just about halfway through the season now? Uh, I love it. I mean, the town is, is awesome, and then, you know, the community that supports us um, is, in my opinion, second to none. Um, you know, I'm a little bit biased, obviously, but we get treated well. We're spoiled, and you can tell that, especially being to other places. No offense to them. It's just how it is. Yeah, it's just different. Do things a little bit differently here. Right. Um, for you personally, what was your expectations from a summer baseball coaching experience coming in, and, and how has that experience been compared to that so far? Uh, well, you know, I knew it would be laid back, or more laid back, I should say, um, than spring ball. Um you know, you're here to, to get your work in and get innings pitched and at-bats, but, um, you know, it's it's obviously taken not lighter than spring ball, but it's a different approach. So, um, you know, and then obviously talking with Drew Erie, who helped give me the position here, um, you know, he gave me a pretty good idea what it was going to be like, the expectations, and he was pretty spot on with that as well. So, uh, you know, nothing's really, um, really blown my mind away besides, you know, the atmosphere, the community, the fans, all that stuff. Yeah, it's a different animal, right? It's not that anybody is caring less or more about wins or losses. It's just when you're playing every day and you're using wood bats and it's a million degrees outside like it is here today, uh, it's just you're managing bodies, you're managing uh, personalities, you're managing preparation on a, on a daily basis. You don't have to worry about school. Right. It's it's more of a, an everyday routine type of thing, right? Right, absolutely. And then, you know, managing the staff, having a – you know, six-man uh, starting rotation is a lot different than having a, you know, four, five at most starting sure. man rotation. So, um, you know, there's some luxury in that as well, but uh, it's just different, which I like. You know, you get to learn a lot about uh, players from different programs, and, um, you know, the experience is incredible. What can you take from a, a summer experience and then go back into the, the collegiate world? Well, um, you know, kind of like I talked to about um, – you know, with some of the other guys on the staff, I've just learned so much from them. Um, and I take a lot of, you know, the good things I learned from them and the bad things I learned from them as well, what doesn't work. Um, and I'll bring it to our guys in the spring. Um, 
you know, and, and, you know, the biggest thing is it's a learning experience for us. But, um, you know, I would say that just being able to ask some questions and pick up on things and see what they like and what doesn't work for them and what does work for them is um, huge for me. You know, I think I learn more from them than they do from me. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good thing, but uh, at least somebody's getting better. Well, and, and a lot of people talk about how players are here to try to be seen by scouts and to try to improve to go back to college. And then maybe in college they get seen by scouts as they, you know, just progress in their ability to play the game and the things they do on a, on a night-in, night-out basis. But it's kind of that's the same for a lot of the coaches in the league as well and college summer baseball in general. And I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but uh, you just had a, a nice little uh, new job hiring here soon didn't you yeah yeah i'm really excited about it and um going to louisiana state university Eunice, and i'll be one of the assistants down there so i'm just humbled by the opportunity and um i'm excited to get down there i really am you know i was at volunteer state another junior college in tennessee and uh you know that place really grew on me so it was tough leaving the players and um tough leaving the recruits that i had coming in but uh, it's a business like everybody knows and i'm just excited to get down there What's that look like for you once the season ends? I know for players, a lot of times, especially if you get into the playoffs and play a little bit later, it's, hey, season's over. We're driving to college a day or two later, and fall ball starts right away. Is it kind of the same for you? It'll be similar. Um, you know, hopefully we, you know, go all the way. Um, but I know the players will report August 16th, um, and I'll be down there probably within two or three days after our season ends, whenever that may be. Hopefully later. Um, and Coach Willis, our head coach, is – well aware of that so you know he wishes us nothing but the best of luck as well you uh have been to a few different places around the league now i know with yep. the way the schedule is it's not um where we get to play everybody so we're, we're pretty much stuck here inside the division but we've been to danville and we've been to Terre Haute. Yep. so what johnstown champion city i think that's in west virginia that's about all we get to, to go to so far what uh you know what are the challenges of going to these different ballparks and seeing different backdrops and having different situations in terms of clubhouses and, and showers and food and whatnot? <laughs> All these off-the-field things, too, right? right? But uh, but when it gets down to it, you're just playing a baseball game, aren't you? Right. Well, there's a lot to it, you know, and every place is unique, which is really cool because you just get to travel and see a lot of different places. Um, you know, we were just at Johnstown this, um, this past week, and they had their, what was it? Thunder in the Valley. Thunder in the Valley, yep. yep. <laughs> so, I mean, you get to see all kinds of different cultures and people there. But, uh, you know, and obviously with that being a hybrid football field as well, it's different, uh, different setup. And the Champion City obviously being in um, Wittenberg's uh, home field, it's different situation. But, um, you know, each field is different, and it's got its, um, you know, value it can add to both teams and things that aren't so great. But, you know, just like our place as well, there's – you know, some things great about it and some things not so great, but that's everywhere you go. Yeah, absolutely. And you have been coaching for how many years now? This will be my third full season. And how did you get into it? Uh, well, I played at Cumberland University in Tennessee, and um, my after I graduated, I got my master's and was a graduate assistant for Coach Hunt. Um, and I just decided I wanted to be around the sport in some kind of capacity, um, you know, and really didn't matter what the role was but I think uh, being able to I guess kind of develop men through a game is you know really humbling for me and something that I like to do so I think coaching was something I decided would be my calling um, but yeah coach got me started on that and we sat down and had many conversations and 
Um, when I was done being a graduate assistant, I got an opportunity to go up to IU South Bend, um, another NAIA program in northern Indiana. I was there for a little bit and then went to Union College in Kentucky, was there for a year. Um, Coach Osborne uh, retired, so I left there. And then uh, I got the pitching coach recruiting coordinator job at Volunteer State uh, Junior College in Tennessee. Um, and now I'll be going to LSU Eunice. So been a lot of places the last three or four years. <laughs> what's uh, what's the ultimate goal for you in your coaching career? Is it D1 head coach? Is it just head coach anywhere that you can have a program that you can run? Or is it latch on as assist? I know some guys don't want to be a head coach. Right, right. Well, that's a really good question. Um, I would like to be a head coach. Um, and, you know, if that doesn't work out, then that's fine. Um, but, you know, obviously pitching is my is my strong point. That's what I know. I don't know as much, nearly as much as offense or about offense. But, um, you know, what level um, really doesn't matter to me. You know, I would like to stay in the college game um, just because it's a little bit more pure. Um, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm cut out for Division One, But, you know, if there's an opportunity there, I'd, you know, obviously be willing to take it. <laughs> I'd be dumb not to. But um, really any any level is, you know, I'll take a look at it for sure. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about this, and I've talked with some of the guys about it, and I've talked with John about it, that, you know, regardless of the level of play, and college summer baseball is, is a perfect example of it, especially here in the prospect league, because you get guys from every single level, yep. all levels of NCAA, JUCO, NAI, everything. And when you are all wearing the same uniform, it, it's not necessarily easy to just go out and pick out a guy and say, well, that guy's D1 and that guy's D3 and that guy's JUCO or NAIA. There's, there's good players everywhere. Right, no doubt. I mean, I think a prime example is Alex Ludwig. Um, you know, if you were to show up to one of our games and and get a not get a roster, I mean – I think everybody would say, or at least 90% of fans would say, he's a Division One player and he's a Division Three player. Um, you know, Ruben Ramirez is, you know, a Power Five arm and he's an NAI guy. Uh, so there's good baseball at every level and there's bad baseball at every level. But you couldn't tell, and that's the beauty about this league because you get to see where those guys that come from, um, you know, smaller colleges where they stack up, and most of them do a, a pretty darn good job. Is it fun for you too, or at least interesting to kind of keep an eye on guys and as the the season moves on? understanding which guys really, really want it and which guys are willing to put in the extra work. You're not just showing up 10 minutes before BP and, and coming out and going through the motions. There are guys that show up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock to put in early work and do what they can to continue to improve, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've got several of those guys on our team, and you know, I'm sure every team has, has those select few guys. But um, you know, I think <clears throat> tools-wise, I mean, most of our guys have the ability to go on and play pro ball. Um, but, you know, we could talk about this forever till we're blue in the face, but it's a mental approach. And then, you know, it comes down to how bad you want it and who sees you. Um, but, you know, we've got several guys that come in early and hit. You know, then I bring in guys from the staff that need to get in a little bit of early work and get their recovery worked in. But um, none of them have a problem with that, you know, which they shouldn't if they want to go on to the next level. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, it really just comes down to how much they want it and um, getting seen at the right time. <laughs> Well, you know, tough start to the season, slow start, a lot of temporary players, and then the regular players, the full-time guys come in, there's an adjustment period, which there is for everybody going into the summer season, and now the paints are rolling. Uh, eight straight wins coming into, as we recorded, uh, Tuesday's game here at VA Memorial Stadium, a couple of days left here in the first half of the season. What's changed? Uh, I mean, we started swinging it ever since Danville. Um, we've been on fire offensively, and... Um, 
you know, I really uh, praise the offense just the last, you know, even 12 games, they've been swinging it better. Um, but it's taken so much pressure off our pitching staff, um, and they'll they'll be the first ones to tell you that. It just makes things so much easier because, you know, in the very first couple of weeks, uh, you know, and our, our guys on the mound were pressured to, you know, pretty much throw shutouts every single time they were out there, and you can't pitch like that. Um, I think they were afraid to fail, and now that we're scoring some runs, they've uh, – you know, they're able to just go right after batters for the most part. Um, you know, like the other night, we played Terre Haute and scored 30-something runs. Uh, you know, Matt, Matt Dockman uh, did a good job and staying locked in, and he knew he didn't have to be perfect. So it's uh, it works both ways. It does. But how, the offense has been the biggest difference, no doubt. How nice is it to have an, a, a performance like that? You know, 30 runs aside, but Dockman gives up 10 hits, goes a complete game in seven innings. But he only gives up two runs on those ten hits to just go back to the other guys and say, "Look, it's okay to throw the ball over the plate. You yep. can give up some hits and let your defense work a little bit behind you." Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing he did from the third inning on, um, he was able to to really command his changeup and um, his slurve slider, whatever you want to call it. But you know, he stayed locked in. And you know, when you have a big lead like that, um, and it kind of showed on Sunday with the Champion City game, when you have a big lead, it's tough to stay locked in. And um, you know, I really. Um, you know, praise Matt for, for doing a good job of doing that because, uh, you know, sometimes guys will, you know, lose control or lose our focus and uh, give up a few runs and walk some guys, and it's frustrating. Um, Coach Penn will be the first guy to tell you that. So uh, he did a great job of that and obviously scattered the hits, and, you know, he just competed. He's a competitor. I went out and talked to him in the seventh inning, and he told me to, to get back in the dugout, <laughs> and he told me he told uh, me to tell Coach Penn to – Quit making him so nervous and quit yelling at him. <laughs> so, uh, but that was that was pretty interesting mound visit right there. But yeah, he did a great job, and then obviously the offense has carried us the last you know ten to twelve games. They've done an excellent job. I remember thinking that was quite a short mound visit for you when you went out uh, that night. <laughs> it you was. know, don't discount the uh, the pitching staff though. A four ninety eight ERA as a team as as we go into this game here uh, on Tuesday, which is fourth best in the prospect league and i know the offense takes pressure off of things but you guys are out here working i get here at three o'clock and you guys are out here working throwing pins and doing early work and rehab work from from outings the the day before the days before and it's it's not just getting the pressure taken off these guys have been working hard too and they're throwing less balls than they did early which i'm sure you still want to continue to improve on that but it just seems like they're a good group that that gets along pretty well and they're they come ready to work every day well yeah they understand what we're about um you know as an organization and as a coaching staff uh, they're behind us they've bought into what i've had to preach and what coach Penn has had to preach and i think that's the biggest thing but um they're competitors they compete they want to win they want to do well um and you know i think that's ultimately the biggest thing right there is you know the six inches in between your ears you know and then um obviously having some guts uh, but they're doing a much better job of competing and, um, you know, getting ahead, getting strike one. Um, and there's some other things that I don't want to share on the air. But sure. um, they've been doing they've been doing some good things and executing uh, what we've uh, been trying to do. So I, I'm proud of them for that. And I know Coach Penn is as well. A lot of talk about learning to hit with a wooden bat when you come in talking about uh, college summer baseball. Is there as much of an adjustment or even more so for a pitcher learning to pitch to a guy with a wood bat where maybe you can pitch to contact a little bit more? Uh, I mean, I don't think the mindset should be too different. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to get hit, but my big thing is is getting weak contact early in the count, you know, trying to get contact in the first two or three pitches. Um, 
because, you know, chances of them hitting one over the outfielder's head or over the fence is not quite as high as a metal bat. Um, but, you know, you want to do that with a metal bat anyway. You know, you want to get ahead. You want to establish the inner half of the plate and, um, you know, just kind of go from there. Um, and then obviously throw your secondary pitches for strikes. But, you know, I don't think the mindset should be too different. I think you still want to attack guys and, you know, fill up the zone for the most part. If you don't do that, you're not going to be successful no matter what kind of bat um, or what level you're at. Who, hitter, pitcher, whatever, who who are maybe a couple players who you've had fun working with and just being around here this summer that have been fun to watch too? Jake Norris, uh, he's awesome to be around. He's extremely coachable. Um, he'll ask questions. Jake Silverstein does a really good job. Um, you know, he just gets the ball back and gets a sign and throws it. Um, he fills up the zone, uh, and he's very coachable as well. They're all coachable kids. That's the biggest thing I've noticed. Um, and that kind of, you know, tells what kind of program they've come from as well. So, um, and then, you know, offensively, I would say Trey Smith, uh, you know, he does a good job asking questions. Um, he's a little out there sometimes, but, you know, that's, yep. that's just who he is. So that's fine. Uh, and then Ludwig, you know, he's uh, the way he carries himself and goes about his business. He's locked in every BP swing, um, every pitch thrown in a game defensively. Um, he stays locked in, and I think that's the way the game should be played. He plays it hard. Um, just like everybody else does, um, you know, on our team. So uh, those three or four guys really have stood out to me. And then um, there's some ones that are starting to make strides. I know Reeser's doing a lot better um, as of late. Um, and I love the way he plays the game as well. So they're all doing a great job. It's easy to say now with an eight-game winning streak, though. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, it feels much different versus when maybe you've lost uh, five or six in a row, doesn't right, it? Right, right. Baseball's a game. It's supposed to be fun. You having a good time uh, here this summer with uh, everything on and off the field? I, I love every bit about it. Um, you know, just the people is the biggest thing, <clears throat> the relationships, I think, you know, from the front office to, um, you know, Coach Penn and the players. Um, they've all been extremely kind to me. And, um, you know, once again, they know what we're about. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any complaints whatsoever. And, um you know, this this place is second to none, uh, in my opinion. You know, I know it's kind of biased, but it's how I feel. You mentioned uh, Coach Penn, talking about John Penn, the, the Paints manager, who's also in his first season. Right. What's that like for you uh, coming, you know, not completely across the country, but from another state to meet up to spend, what, 75 days with a guy that you've never met in person before that you know you're going to be stuck with every day for the the entire summer? Yeah, well, uh, you know, John reached out to me, I want to say, in maybe late January. So we've been in communication since then. But uh, we're similar. You know, I'm kind of out there. I'll be, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that. But, um, you know, we're, we're fiery. Um, we tell it like it is. We're very honest with the players. And, um, you know, they, they've handled that very well up to this point. But, you know, I think it's gone well. You know, John and I, like I said, we get along. And uh, we're not afraid to tell each other how we feel. And, it's a transparent relationship, and I think that's um, you know a key part of having a successful team, successful coaching staff. I really do. So he's doing a great job, and um, you know he deserves a head coaching job at a, at a school somewhere, um, and I hope he finds that soon. I hope both of you uh, continue to have your careers move in an upward trajectory. I know I've had a lot of fun working with both of you guys and a lot of the players here this summer as well it makes my job a lot easier so i appreciate when likewise Jacob, likewise when we have guys that are, are fun to to be around every day when we have to whether we like each other or not so yep. uh, i appreciate you doing this i know you've got some uh, more work to do i think john came over was looking for us the players are getting ready for bp here so good luck tonight good luck the rest of the season and uh, we'll chat again here soon yes sir i appreciate it thank you very much 
Well, that does it for this edition of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints baseball podcast. Remember, if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, just send me an email at jacob at chillicothepaints.com. Until next time, I'm Jacob Wise. Thanks for listening. Roll Paints. <laughs>